Hello, everybody. This is Infinite Cast. Uh, we are coming in hot because Molly has about 40 minutes before she needs to get on a car to go to the San Francisco airport to catch a plane back to Newark. Newark. New Jersey. We are we're in, potting under pressure. We're potting under pressure. We are in San Francisco for a friend's wedding. Uh, the thing that well, I think we never anticipated about the show is that it functions also as a travelogue. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but anyway, we're here. We missed one last week because I was in fucking Portland. He was in fucking Portland at a music festival, uh, and I could not be with you. But we we gotta get we gotta get one in. It's he's Mr. Worldwide, folks. It's I'm Mr. Worldwide. Dolly and. Molly is... All I have to say to that is Dolly. All I have to say to that is Dolly. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I was talking about Infinite Jest last night on the streets of San Francisco. You were? I was hooting and hollering with Joel Sininski <laughs> about it. And I was thinking... You know what I was thinking to myself? What? God, I love this book. God, I fucking love this book. I fucking love this book. And I love this project that we do together. Oh, and thanks, I was, babe. And I was missing doing one last week. So let's do it <laughs> this week. Let's rock. Let's rock. I All love right. the hard rock. Let's go. Well, I love I love the hard rock. Good lord. Okay, uh, we're we're hopping in right in the middle of a segment. Yes. Uh, okay. Great. Uh, the addicted man rose slowly and carried the burning ashtray with him nearer to Morath, trying to kneel. His blue jeans of Levi <laughs> number five hundred one were strangely His blue torn. Jeans of Levi <laughs> were strangely torn in spots with tattered white strings, which showed the pallor of the knees. The torn holes had the size and perimeter damage of holes that Morath recognized had been made by shotgun blasts of the high gauge. Morath was mentally memorizing every detail of all things for both his reports. The addicted man kneeling before him, he leaned in closer, trying to remove something he believed was on his lip. Close in, the expression that, through the veil, had appeared as glaring corrected itself. The expression was more truly that the man's eyes had the vacant intensity of those who have violently died. The man whispered, you. Those who die have ju- are justified. Are, are justified the for man, wearing the jeans that are blue and wide. <laughs> good God! The man whispered, "You real?" Morath looked through the veil at his facial square. "Are you real?" Again, the man whispered, all the time leaning more and more in slowly. "You're real. I can tell, ain't you?" The man whispered. Quickly, he looked behind him at the uproaring room before leaning once more in. "Listen, then." Morath kept his hands calmly in his lap, his machine pistol holstered securely to his right stump beneath the blanket. The whispering man's searching fingers were leaving small bits of filth on the lip. It's these poor fuckers, the man gestured slightly with indicating the room. Most of them ain't real, so watch your six. Most of these fuckers are metal people. (laughs) I am Swiss, Morath experimentally said. (laughs) It was the second of his lines of introduction. I am Swiss. I am Swiss. Walking around make you think they're alive. The addicted man had the way with subtleness of looking all around himself, which Morath associated with intelligence professionals. One of his eyes had an exploded vein within it. But that's just the layer, he said. He leaned in so far Morath could see pores through the veil. There's a micro-thin layer of skin, but underneath it's metal, heads full of parts under an organic layer that's micro-thin. The eyes of men violently dead were also the eye of a fish in a vendor's crushed ice, studying nothing. The man's smell suggested livestock on a hot day, a goatish, even through the smoke of the room. Trans-3-methyl-2-hexen... 
hexanoic acid was a material Embrim had lectured to past times in long surveillances, a chemical material in the sweat of grave mental illness. Morath, he had no trouble timing his breath, so his exhalation matched the addicted man's who leaned more in. There's one way to tell, he said. Get right up close, like right up flush next to. You can hear a whir, microfaint, this whirring. It's the processor's gears. It's their flaw. Machines always were. They're good. The processors machines, Morty. You can hear it. You can hear it, Morty. The processors. Uh, uh, you can probably, Morty, you can, probably, you can hear the... <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. You can always tell, Morty. You can always... They're the machine people, Morty. Get, they're the machine people, Morty. Get real close. They, uh, they were. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, okay, oh, no. Rick. I don't know. If the, I don't know, Rick. It seems like the people are machines. <laughs> I don't know if they're worried, Rick. I can't hear them. <laughs> Uh, they can quiet down the word. I have no six. <laughs> but they can't, can not eliminate it. I am Swiss seeking residential treatment with desperation. Not under no micro-thin tissue layer, they can't. It, the, it's a powerful move. If somebody starts just being weird to you, to just be like, oh, buddy, I'm Swiss. I'm Swiss. Can't help you, man. I'm Swiss. I can't help you. I'm Swiss. If somebody, if I was trying to explain something complicated to a Swiss person and they were like, hey, here's my thing. I'm Swiss. I would be like, I'm so sorry to bother you. You, you do not need this. Yes. Uh, if the gaze were not vacant, the gaze would be grim, frightened. Marath distantly remembered the emotion, fear. Did you hear what she said? The ironic man on the divan lap. Potable <laughs> means drinkable. <laughs> It's not even the same root. Did you hear what she said? The man's breath, it smelled of trans-3 methyl acid as well. I'm cluing you in, he whispered. They're there to fool you. The real ones of us are getting fooled. Nine, nine plus percent of the time. The flesh of the knees through the holes in the blue jeans was the white of long death. But you, I could tell you were real. He indicated the veil. No micro-thin layer. The metal ones have faces. The smoke of his cigarette in the ashtray rose in a motion of corkscrewing, which this is why, feeling the lip, why the ones on the tee are in the street, they won't let you right up close. Try it. They'll never let you right up close. It's programming. They know to look scared and, like, offended and back away and move to another seat. The real advanced ones, they'll give you change even to let them back off. Try it. Get right up like this, close. Morath sat calmly behind the veil, feeling the veil move with the man's breath, waiting patiently to inhale. The women with experiences in cults had smelled the odor of the man's trans-three odor and relocated further away <laughs> upon the divan. Yeah, Morath is wearing a veil right now, right? Yeah. He's trying to infiltrate something. He's trying to infiltrate ETA or Ennett uh, House by Oh, being, yes, 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 yes. Okay, great. By saying he's an addict. I, uh, I forgot... Uh, now that we've read like three pages of this, I remember what exactly is happening. Yes, yeah, sorry. Doing Rick and Morty jokes. Yeah. <laughs> the man's face smiled with one knowing side only of his mouth, acknowledging their movement away. He was so close that the nose of him touched the veil when Morath finally inhaled. Morath was prepared for death in all forms. The smells were trans three methyl two and of digested cheese and the under of an arm from the facial skin. Morath ignored impulses to impale the eye sockets with one two-finger motion. The man had, had his hand to his ear in a mime of to listen closely. His smile disclosed what might have once been teeth. 
Nothing, he smiled. I knew not a sound. The Swiss, we are a quiet people and reserved. In addition, I am deformed. <laughs> the man waved his cigarette with impatience. Listen up. This is why. You're how come I was here. I only thought it was the habit. They can fool you. <laughs> he scrubbed at the lip of his mouth. I'm here to tell you. Listen, you ain't here. I have emigrated from my native Swiss. <laughs> Still whispering. You ain't here. These fuckers are metal. Us. Us that are real. There's not many. They're fooling us. We're all in one room. The real ones. One room all the time. Everything's projected. They can do it with machines. They project to fool us. The pictures on the walls change so we think we're going places. Here and there, this and that. That's just they change the projections. It's all the same place all the time. They fool your mind with machines to think you're moving, eating, cooking up, doing this and that. I have come desperately I have come desperately here. The real world's one room. These so-called people, so-called, with again the flourish. They're everybody you know. You met them before, hundreds times with different faces. Hundreds. There's only 26 total. <laughs> they play different characters that you think you know. They were different faces, were different pictures they project on the wall. You get me? This recovery house was recommended highly. You follow? Count. Coincidence? There's 26 here, counting the one without feet on the stairs. Coincidence? Chance? This here's every machine that's played everybody you ever met. Are you hearing me? They fool us. They take the machines in the back room and they like... The visible door of the locked office opened and an addicted patient emerged with a person in authority holding a clipboard. The addicted patient limped and leaned far to a side, though was attractive in the blonde stereotype of the USA image culture. Change them. The thin organic layers. All the different people you know, so-called. They're the same machines. <laughs> the machine people, Morty. Morty. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really struck on the riff of uh, Infinite Just Rick and Morty. Yeah. Morty. The entertainment Morty. Morty. You start watching it and you can't stop, Morty. It's great, Morty. You keep going. It's wonderful. It's, lay, it's kind of a little beautiful lady. She's leaning over you. She's whispering sweet nothing. It's great, Morty. Well, Morty, we got to watch the entertainment. We got to find the you entertainment. Know, we got, Morty, we got to find the entertainment. I, get don't, know, it. I don't know, Rick. It's, it seems like I don't want to watch it. It's like I'm going to watch it forever. No, Morty. You got to put it on. Put it on the entertainment, Morty. In another dimension, we're already watching it. We're it's, already watching it's it. Infinite sick, dimensions, Morty. It's fucking sick. <laughs> you gotta see we that lady. We watch it forever. We watch it. You see the lady. You got. She's. She usually wears a veil, but she's not wearing a veil now. We're watching it. Uh, inter interdimensional cable, and it's, it's the, the, entertainment. the entertainment. Yes, yes, on. yes. Uh, very good. But then the the joke is that they watch it, and uh, Rick's like, "It's fucking boring, Morty. It's fucking boring. <laughs> we gotta we gotta go see something else." <laughs> they said this is the best thing in the world, but it's not. It's super. It's fucking super, Morty. It's it's boring. It's boring, Morty. It's bullshit, Morty. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, I, I know. I'm Rick. I can't stop watching. It's so good. No, that sucks, Morty. You're 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 stupid. You're you're being tricked by it. Physically challenged foreign person with unpronounceable <laughs> name. The authority called with the clipboard. <laughs> I am being indicated. Morath said, bending to release the clamps on his fauteuil's wheels. Why I'm in this projection to clue you. So now you know. Marath manipulated the fauteuil to the right with its trusty left wheel. I must be excused to plead for treatment. Get right up close. <laughs> Good night over his left shoulder. The inutile woman seemed to twitch slightly in her heavy fauteuil as he passed. 
You only think you're going someplace, the addicted man called, <laughs> still one half kneeling. Marath rolled up to the person in authority as slowly as possible, hunched deep into the sport coat and pathetically tacking. With significance, the large and clipboarded woman seemed without phase at the veil of UHID. Marath extended a large hand in greeting, which he made tremble. Good night. The insane-smelling man on the carpet called out after, Make sure and pet the dogs. That's, yes, that's the classic. end of the. Uh, that's the end that's of, end of that section. Section, section. Yeah, and then what? We've got like a paragraph that's uh, four hundred words long. Four hundred. What? What? How many words is an average paragraph? Uh, I don't know, but let's read it and I'll find out for you. Okay, great. Let's count each word. Joelle used to like get really high and then clean. Okay, that's like seven. Now she was finding she just liked to clean. <laughs> she dusted the top of the fiberboard dresser she and Nell Gunther shared. She dusted the oval top of the dresser's mirror's frame and cleaned off the mirror as best she could. She was using Kleenex and stale water from a glass by Kate Gompert's bed. Uh, I'm guessing that's probably because you can't have cleaning products in a halfway house because they're going to drink them. I like that Joel and Kate are friends. Yes. Or at least in the same room. Friendly. Friendly. She felt oddly averse to putting on socks and clogs and going down to the kitchen for real cleaning supplies. Oh, I guess they do have them. <laughs> she could hear the noise of all the post-meeting nighttime residents and visitors and applicants down there. She could feel their voices in the floor. When the dental nightmare tore her uh, upright awake, her mouth was open to scream out, but the scream was Nell G down in the living room, whose laugh always sounds like she's being eviscerated. Nell preempted Joelle's own scream. Then Joel cleaned. Cleaning is maybe a form of meditation for addicts too new in recovery to sit still. The five women's scarred floor, uh, wood floor had so much grit all over she could sweep a pile of grit together with just an unapplicated bumper sticker she'd won at BYP. <laughs> then she could use damp Kleenex to get up most of the pile. She had only Kate G's little bedside lamp on and she wasn't listening to any YYY tapes out of consideration for Charlotte Treat who was unwell and missed her Saturday Night Lively meeting on Pat's OK and was now asleep. <laughs> Saturday Night Lively. <laughs> wearing a sleep mask, but not her foam earplugs. Expandable foam earplugs were issued to every new Ennett resident for reasons the staff said would clarify for them real quick. But Joelle hated to wear them. They shut out exterior noise, but they made your head's pulse audible and your breath sounded like someone in a spacesuit. And Charlotte Treat... Kate Gompert, April Cortellu, and the former Amy Johnson had all felt the same way. April said the foam plugs made her brain itch. See, this is why you got to get into ASMR. Yeah. Because uh, it, it does the the work of both shooting, or, uh, shutting out uh, the outside world and then uh, distracting you from the pulse of the inside of your head. Well, that's uh, you, I would argue that uh, uh, Joelle used to do ASMR True. at WYYY. R RIP David Foster who, Wallace. Who ASMR is the ASMR? It's true. Uh, who podcast the podcaster? And most ASMR artists I listen to who say that they enjoy ASMR themselves. Yeah. Uh, RIP David Foster Wallace. You would have loved and or hated <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> it had started with Orin and Condensa, the cleaning. When relations were strained or she was seized with anxiety at the seriousness and possible impermanence of the thing in the back bay's co-op, the getting high and cleaning became an important exercise, like creative visualization, a preview of the discipline and order with which she could survive alone if it came to that. She would get high and visualize herself solo in a dazzlingly clean space, uh, every surface twinkling, every possession in place. 
She saw herself being able to pick, say, dropped popcorn off the rug and ingest it with total confidence. (laughs) An aura of steely independence surrounded her when she cleaned the co-op, even with the little whimpers and anxious moans that exited her writhing mouth when she cleaned high. Do you identify with this passage, Molly? Um, Yeah, I do. I think I I clean because I like it, but I clean because I'm anxious. Yes. Um, I've never gotten high. I've I've gotten... um, I have taken an edible and cleaned, uh, and that is fun, I guess. <laughs> Co- cocaine seems like a, a that cleaning while high seems like a waste of cocaine. It's true. I but given the, the yes, the anxiety is in the fantasies at play here. This seems like uh, something <laughs> that I that I, understand I identify with a capital I. Yes, I, I feel like whenever I come home and you're like deep into like a sweeping binge, I'm like, oh, Molly's upset about something. <laughs> but but I'm upset, but I'm I'm working through it. Yes, you're working through it. The place had been provided neatly, gra- nearly gratis by Jim, who said so little to Joel on their first several meetings that Oren kept having to reassure her that it wasn't disapproval. Himself was missing the part of the human brain that allowed for being aware enough of other people to disapprove of them, Oren had said, or dislike. It was just how the mad stork was. Oren had referred to Jim as himself or the mad stork, family nicknames, both of which gave Joel the creeps even then. It'd been Oren who introduced her to his father's films. The work was then so obscure, not even local students of serious film knew the name. Uh, the reason Jim kept forming his own distribution companies was to ensure distribution. He didn't become notorious until after Joel met him. By then, she was closer to Jim than Oren had ever been, part of which caused part of the strains that kept the Brownstone co-op so terribly clean. She'd barely thought consciously of any incandenses for four years before Don Gately, who for some reason kept bringing them bubbling up to mind. They were the second saddest family Joel had ever seen. Oren felt Jim disliked him to the precise extent that Jim was even aware of him. Oren had spoken about his family at length, usually at night, on how no amount of punting success could erase the psychic stain <laughs> of basic fatherly dislike. Failure to be seen or acknowledged. Punting is such a funny thing to be good. Like, sorry to any punters out there, but it is, it's such a, a silly specific skill. Yeah. I, I, I totally get being like, okay, I'm a major, I'm the best punter in the world, but yeah. still, yes, the only thing that I'm good at is punting. <laughs> but I, I feel like punting is, it's, it's almost like being like a drummer in a band. It's sure. Like, yes. Th- you you need it. You need mm-hmm. someone to be good at punting because you do need to punt. the The game requires punting. You can't really have a football team without it. And there's probably not that many people who are like NFL level punters. There are probably like sixty in the world who I, are I like wonder, in the conversation of NFL punting. I wonder what like trades are like and like you know in demandness of punting. I imagine it's high. Do you think they all go out for like a drink once a year? The punters club. I wonder if. Uh, I'm, I would I'm, like to look into it. I'm also noticing in this segment that this is the first time for a character that has loomed so large in this book that uh, James Owen Condensa is being referred to regularly as Jim. Yes. Jimmy. Jimmy. Or, it's a, it, uh, uh, it, it speaks to a certain familiarity that yes. we have not seen yes. about this character. Jim. Right. He, everyone else is giving him a nickname. Yeah. Orand had no idea how banal and average his same-sex parent issues were. He <laughs> felt they were some hideous, exceptional thing. Joelle had known her mother didn't like much like her from the first time her own personal daddy told her he'd rather take Pokey to the pictures alone. Much of the stuff Oren said about his family was dull, gone stale from years of never daring to say it. 
He credited Joel with some strange generosity for not screaming and fleeing the room when he revealed the banal stuff. Pokey had been Joel's family nickname, though her mother never called her anything but Joel. The orange she knew first felt the orange she knew first felt his mother was the family's pulse and center, a ray of light incarnate, with enough depth of love and open maternal concern to almost make up for a father who barely existed parentally. Jim's internal life was to Oren a black hole, Oren said, his father's face, any room's fifth wall. Joel had struggled to stay awake and attentive, listening, letting Oren get the stale stuff out. Oren had no idea what his father thought or felt about anything. He thought Jim wore the opaque, blank facial expression his mother in French sometimes jokingly called Le Masque. <laughs> the man was so blankly and irretrievably hidden that Oren said he'd come to see him as like autistic, almost catatonic. Jim opened himself only to the mother. They all did, he said. She was there for all of them, psychically. She was the family's light and pulse and the center that held tight. Joelle could yawn in bed without looking like she was yawning. The children's names for their mother was the moms, as if there were more than one of her. His younger brother was a hopeless retard, Oren had said. Uh, that uh, <laughs> Canceled. Oren recalled the moms used to tell him. Also, that's not true. No. It's not true. Uh, Oren recalled the moms used to tell him she loved him about a hundred times a day. It nearly made up for himself's blank stare. Oren's basic childhood memory of Jim had been of an expressionless stare from a great height. <laughs> His mother had been really tall, too, for a girl. It's like the eye of Sauron. Yeah. He said he'd found it secretly odd that none of the brothers were taller. His retarded brother was stunted to about the size of a fire hydrant, Oren reported. Joel cleaned behind the filthy room's radiator as far as she could reach, being careful not to touch the radiator. <laughs> Oren described his childhood's mother as his emotional son. Uh, that's like the one in the sky, not not like a, a child boy. Uh, uh, the, not like I the the sun in the air. Yeah. I am the sun. Joel remembered her own personal daddy's uncle T S talking about how her own personal daddy thought his own mama hung the goddamn moon. He said. The radiators on Edit House's female side stayed on at all times, 24-7, 365. Can I ask you a question about the ballpark yesterday? Yep. Was the water coming out of the faucets in the bathroom unreasonably hot? For me, pretty chilly. Did you just get a hot, you get a hot I, Maybe I got a hot faucet, but the... the uh, hot faucet. Hot faucet. <laughs> uh, the, the water at Oracle Park when I went to the bathroom on the first floor was like scalding. Was like wicked, I could only put hot. my hand in for like a second at a time, which was <laughs> difficult because it was covered. In, my hands were covered in soap and it was too hot. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I remember thinking mine was pretty cold and I was like, well, this isn't really killing any germs, you know? It was scalding. Oh, damn. I wish we could have had somewhere between the two I temperatures. I know. If only we could have both brought a little water to get out <laughs> into the concourse and mingled it together. We would have had the perfect hand wash. Lord almighty. Uh, at first, Joelle had thought Mrs. Averlin Condenza's high-watt maternal love had maybe damaged Oren by bringing into sharper relief Jim's remote self-absorption, which would have looked, by comparison like neglect or dislike, that it had maybe made Oren too emotionally dependent on his mother. Why else would he have been so traumatized when a younger brother had suddenly appeared, specially challenged from birth and in need of even more maternal attention than Oren? Oren, late one night on the co-op's futon, recalled to Joel his skulking in and dragging a wastebasket over and inverting it next to an, his infant brother's special crib, holding a heavy box of Quaker oats high above his head, preparing to brain the needy infant. 
Joel had gotten an A- in developmental psych the semester before, and also dependent psychologically, Oren, it seemed, or even metaphysically. Oren said he'd grown up first in a regular house in Weston, and then at the academy in Enfield, grown up dividing the human world into those who were open, readable, trustworthy, v. those who so, those so closed and hidden that you had no clue what they thought of you, but could pretty damn well imagine it couldn't be anything all that marvelous, or else why hide it? Oren had recounted that he'd started to see himself getting closed and blank and hidden like that as a tennis player toward the end of his junior career, despite all the moms' frantic attempts to keep him from hiddenness. Joel had thought of BU's Nickerson Field's 30,000 voices openly voices openly roared endorsement, the sound rising with the punt to a kind of amniotic pulse of pure positive noise, versus tennis's staid and reserved applause. It had all been so easy to figure and see then, listening, loving Oren and feeling for him, poor little rich and prodigious boy. All this was before she came to know Jim and the work. What do you think? Maybe, uh... Uh, I mean, for what we have today, for the time we got, I think that's good. We've got 25 minutes. All right, that's fine. Yeah. And then we can do a little discussion, wrap it up, and I'll shovel all my clothes into a bag. And go back to Newark. Newark. Sorry. Um, Jim. Jimmy. Jim in Gadenza. It's, it's Jim. Jim self. <laughs> Jim self. Uh, you no, know, it speaks to that uh, her familiarity with him, as opposed to the self-imposed distance that he has from the kids. The stork. Yeah. Himself. The dads. The moms. The moms. The dads. The mad, the mad stork, the sad stork. James O. Incandenza versus Jim. <laughs> Jim. Yeah, she's, it's all, oh, it's so complex. Yeah. You're a child, and in order to be a child, two people have to collaborate in order for you to be born. <laughs> they have to link and build. They have to link and build genetically. And then you're constantly worrying, uh, are you mad at me? Or um, <laughs> uh, get off my back. Those, yes. are, those are the two parental... Are, uh, <laughs> Those are the two parental modes. Hopefully, are, I'm not revealing too much about my psychological. No, state. I think it's. I think it's true for most. For most, especially like I don't know, middle class kids. It's you. You are vacillating wildly between between are you mad at me and fuck you. Get get get, get away, away from, from me. me. Slam, slam the bedroom door. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yes. Don't, also, also don't how about see this, me there. father? When will Why I go be on my, my own? own? Yeah, I know. <laughs> No, it's uh, having a child. You're born of an act of unconditional love, and then you got to keep up the ruse for 18 years. Yes. I'm, ju- I'm, I'm being, I'm being cynical and ironic, uh, which is a bit unfair. In an ideal situation, you parent in a way that is uh, both generous and independence <sighs> I, creating. But I, yeah, it's I, very hard to do. It is very uh, being a being one a of the dare I say one hard. of the hardest things about being alive. And also, like from everything that I've ever seen, having a uh, Having a child, no matter what you do, gives you a brain injury. It gives, it gives you a traumatic a, brain injury. It, give, it, it gives you a uh, psychosis. Yeah. And you can't prevent it, especially, and I'm sorry about this. I hope I'm not being sexist, uh, be, being becoming a mother. Well, the, 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 the psychic damage starts when you have to be the one responsible for growing yeah. the... For an alien invasion happening inside of you be, for nine months, be, be you get a head start on the psychosis. Yes, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, being a mother is a form of uh, 
of mental illness. Mental illness, yeah. Yes. I don't, I don't think it's uh, too, I, too crazy. It's not to too that. spicy. I don't thing think to that's say. too spicy. I, look, I, all my sympathy for it. It's a, there's no judgment there. And, and as far as I can tell, it is impossible to prevent. It is impossible to mitigate. No matter what you do to try to manage the mental illness of being a mother, it, it comes some way. It comes some way. It comes for you. Yep. Um, and my great, my sympathy to all the moms out there who have the mental <laughs> illness of being mom. Shout, shout out to all the shout out to That's all, the, all moms. the moms. You're all crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, and in, it's not your fault. In or in Oren's case, you know, he was. It's pretty much assured he was sexually and emotionally abused by Avril. They and talk then about he the, go now. His sexual taste is exclusively like young young milfs. Uh, it, the, she mentions it in there. The thing that. I mean, perhaps as you have been elucidating throughout this, that I maybe would not have picked up if you'd not mentioned it that uh, Orin was sexually abused, but also just the thing of Orin of Orin's mom saying uh, she loves you. Too, what did she say? Two hundred times, times a day. day. Too much. That's too much, man. Again, you ha- you have to figure out the perfect balance of not neglecting your kid but not being overbearing. Uh, and uh, some people nail it. And some, some people, people don't. don't. I think that the answer is let them run around outside a little bit every day. But Chris, if you let them run around outside, then all of a sudden they're going to come to you with a little glob of mold in their hand. That's saying, uh, God I damn ate it. this. God damn it. I ate this. I ate this. Please help. My son ate this. Oh, God damn you can't win. That 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 you is. Can't win. It, I know infinite jest is about entertainment in America and freedom and all that stuff and like all these 1990s style yeah. ideas but I think what he nailed truly is just the pro- the problem of a family the problem of a family it it, it, it does it has the um <clears throat> it has that every what is the the quote every every shitty family is shitty in their own way <laughs> yeah I, I, I never can quite uh yeah but nail, nail but that. also the Salinger thing you you've read uh the what is the Salinger thing about the um, the uh, the family? The, the, the problem with banana fish. Who? What is the family? The Glad family. Um. It, well, there's Phoebe and Holden. The Caulfields. No, the family. That's the other. The uh, not glass? the the glass family. The glass yes. More glass. See more glass. glass. Uh, <laughs> sounds, it, am, am I getting this totally wrong? No, I feel like I've, right. I've read all this stuff, but it's been so long. Yeah. Well. So. So. I, I, it's hard, like any Wes Anderson thing, any uh, uh, Foster Wallace thing. It's it's hard to write about a bad American family and not be in the shadow of Salinger and the Glass family, right? Yeah, it's well, it's gift. It's not just any family. <laughs> they are the original gifted, gifted kid. and talented. Gifted and talented, right? Oh well, yeah, the, have we have we made this joke before that like Hal is just you know everyone tweeting about if. If you were, um, if you were like in a gifted group in in uh, yeah, then you're in now school, in then you now have you now have anxiety or whatever. Yeah, anxiety. And if you were a pleasure syndrome. to have in class, then you, you may <laughs> yes. be entitled to compensation. Uh, so it's I think it's basically impossible. I mean, say what you will about Salinger, and I don't I don't think you can. <laughs> I, w- <actually>. I will. <laughs> uh, uh, he really fucking nailed that particular strain of Americanism. Yeah. In, uh, in the glass family but you know i i do think that there is an element in this book that in in infinite jest that's not just riffing on uh that strain of exceptional families but also riffing on that it is impossible to have a family and not fuck them up yeah 
it's true. And if you, I think the the gifted and talented portion is like all of these people are good. You know, yeah. Uh, Hal's good at tennis and he's very smart. He's good at the stupidest skill in the world, punting. Uh, Orin, Orin is good at punting. Joel is extremely attractive and yes. clearly a compelling screen presence, but also was starting to, it sounds like, almost co-direct. Co- yes. So it's all these ways of uh, creating, you know, sublime moments of art, whether on the tennis court or the football field. Or we on love the, the content, folks. Uh, and all it does is just rip you apart. Yeah. Uh, you can't be... I, I, is David Foster Wallace saying that you can't be a, a normal, happy person and an artist? I would like to disagree with that. Person. Not us, though. We we can produce <laughs> endless content and still be happy about it. The key, of course, always is to be a podcaster. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Imagine if David Foster Wallace had a, a podcast. Imagine David Foster Wallace doing an ad read for um, MeUndies. Uh, and so, of course, but in the end, you have to have underwear that's breathable uh, and <laughs> My antimicrobial. Antimicrobial. Um, it comes in a variety of fun colors with slash regarding slash to the, the colorways of the underwear. Quentin Tarantino does ad reads on his podcast. That rocks. I think about that a lot. The, here, his new you the gotta, video, the video archive podcast. You got you, you, you can't. Uh, there's no there's no pure art form. Unless, uh, if you're taking money for it, it's it's got to be some. It's got to be me undies. It's, it's got to be, be me undies. It's got to be the the cereal that doesn't. It have has a star. to be humiliating. It has. To, yeah. Yeah. That is that making is part money of the is reason. humiliating. Uh, yes. Lord, which is why, Lord, don't I know it? Which is why podcasting is one of the purest art forms. Is that it's not just <laughs> it. It works because you can just uh, bullshit off the top of the head uh, as we're doing here. And and hey, I think this is. Uh, Look, call, call me grandiose, but I think this is one of our best ever episodes of Infinite Cast. Oh my god! Wow! Yeah. Oh, my, oh my god! It's, he admit it. It's uh, it's got some future classic riffs like Infinite Cast, Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> I like this met this meta, meta podcast that you're doing at the end. Exactly. Like, like nobody ever comments on the podcast in the ep- actual episode. But the thing about about it, if we were really going for it, if we were trying to get advertising sponsorships, we would have to break and be like. Now's the time of the podcast where we talk to you about uh, John Smith's ball cream. Sometimes you got to put cream on your balls. Think about your <laughs> your tiny, fragile little balls, Maybe in the, and the and the how and you got to put you got to put cream on them because they're tender and and mild, and you need you need to protect them. Your your little your little baby balls. Here's the football cream on them. Do you <laughs> now listen to what the rest of our Infinite Chest podcast. Now listen to the rest of our podcast. Here's a question. Do you think based on the amount of times we said the depend adult undergarment, do you think we, <laughs> do you think we could get depends to, to Shit, support we should, us? Yeah, we should reach out to all the brands mentioned in this. We're book. already get, we're already giving them free clout via reading uh reading this book. Uh I would love to get Burger King to sponsor this podcast. The year of the Whopper. You're the Whopper, it's the baby. Podcast of the Whopper. Podcast of the Whopper. Go out today. Uh, hey, Burger King gets a lot of shit, but I think it's undeserved. I think they're actually pretty good. Go out today and uh, go to a Burger King and get a Whopper. And the fries, the fries of Burger King are actually really good. Free, flame broiled, baby. It tastes different. It's better. It's, it, it tastes different. It does. It does. It tastes different, and I like it more. The, here, here's what I have to say about Burger King. I hadn't had Burger King in years. We went to some kind of air, airport concourse where mm-hmm. the most available breakfast was. Was it Burger King? And I believe I got a Chris sandwich. Was that? Do they yes, have the, they Chris have the Chris sandwich, sandwich there? The Chris sandwich. Yeah. Um, it was it was delicious. 
Burger King's good. I, I, it's, it's become, it's memefied. We did that episode with uh, Bill Oakley on Chapo recently where he was defending Arby's because uh, Arby's got memefied into being like, quote, having, the bad having place. The meats. Okay. Oakley's argument, which I think is true, is that Arby's gets bad cred because it has a funny name. R-B. R-B. R-B is a funny phrase. And I think he's correct. I think that it gets joked on. I think that it has become a meme that Burger King is bad, and I don't think it's true. I think Burger King is just as good as the other fast food places, and in fact, just because it tastes different, I think it is it's worth an eat. You're the Whopper, baby. Let's get some Whoppers. Let's get some. I'm whoppers. gonna I'm gonna make Joel uh get uh, take us to Burger King on the way down. He's gonna be like, mm, I want something I want something good to eat. I'm like, no, <laughs> shut up, bitch. We're going to Burger King. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh no, that's so good. No, Chris, you're in fucking California. You have to get Del Taco. No, I'm going to eat at Burger King. Ugh, get both. At, at the very least, get both through a tasting menu. Okay, great. I'll get one I'm Del Taco ra- and one Whopper. Also, hello, in and, in and out. Enjoy the regional meats while you have them. All right, fine. I'll, go, I'll get a Whopper when I'm back in New York. You simply can't get it in New York. You can get, a, you can get Burger King in New York. Any Burger King. Bur- what is it? What does ham it say? Jer- ham jer- ham jerker. We're, get, we're in, going off the rails. Folks. We are going off the rails. In uh, 1993's <laughs> Days and Confused, uh, they pull into a hamburger joint, and the uh, the neon is lit up in such a way that the uh, it, it says Hamburger. Hamburger. H-A-M-B. And the U is half out, and it, so it looks like like a J, and it looks like it says Hamburger. Hamburger. And uh, that, that's just what we're calling it. Hamburger. All right, like go out and get a hamburger. Folks, go out and get a Whopper and then tell DM us and tell us if it, if it was good or not. If it was good. And if it's not, your money back. Just kidding. We can't. <laughs> we we can't cannot that. honor that. We, we will not. I, if you really have a bone to pick, I, I would consider uh, Venmoing for uh, like, you know, $4. Or <laughs> if, you, if you literally vomit from the, how disgusting <laughs> if you, if the Whopper is. If it literally makes you sick. Yes. We will consider giving you a refund the $4. on ninety-five or whatever. Burger Whopper. King's behalf. Ham burger. All right, should we sign off? Uh, what well, one last thing before okay. we go? Uh, I'm always thinking about the poster in Pemulus's room. That's the king, uh, and he's saying, um, "I'm paranoid, but am I paranoid enough?" Imagine that poster, <laughs> but it's the Burger King mascot. You feel yes. me? Yes. All right. Uh, I'll I will meme that. I will, yeah. I will just meme I'm that paranoid, for the but I'm paranoid. I'm the infinite memes for enough. the uh, what is what is the account? Infinite, infinite memes for just just teens, just memes for infinite teens, just, just memes for infinite teens. Uh, thank you, whoever actually made that account. Yeah, it's, it rocks. Yeah, I very much appreciate. Recently. Yeah, when anything from this stupid show comes into the real world, I love Chris. I love memes. I love it's like memes. one of my favorite things. <laughs> I still remember. R.I.P. David Foster Wallace. You would love, love maybe love memes, and you would probably write a long essay of making uh, comparing them to like. Foucaultian signifiers or yes, whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Jungian archetypes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just remember. The, the, gra- the, the grammar and usage of memes uh, co- codified. 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 Uh, this is long ago, Chris Lore, but when I was working at Mike.com uh, with one-time Twitter power user, Sage Boggs, uh, <laughs> I just remember coming over to ask him about something and he had just his entire work uh, computer window was open to to various memes. <laughs> he was laughing at them. And I was like, what are you looking at? He pointed them out and I started laughing too. <laughs> he just put his hand 
head in his hands, and, like almost crying. It was just like, I love memes. I love memes so much. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> I love memes. Oh no, I love memes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I do love memes though. I do love memes. I love memes. Love the podcast. Congrats, Sage, on getting a job on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, the one your one goal in the world, writing for Late Night, and then quitting all social media and being like, "Yep, did what I came to do here. Become funny enough online to get a job writing for a late night talk show, and, and never, then, never and then needing to uh, never needing be funny to engage online with it again. again. Oh. Powerful. Would, would, would that would that we could you know would that we could that's the would ultimate th- luxury. Would that a tour so simple? Would would that a tour so simple? All right, bye. Bye. Love you.